gentlemen thank you for tuning in to another episode of the live free podcast as always i'm your host mike maxwell this week's guest is miss jackie thompson oil painter extraordinaire master photorealist type style painter um i've known jackie since high school she was uh considered the art girl right and uh i always kind of looked up to her because she she had a serious amount of talent and uh and I was also like a little jealous because she got all this recognition. So I kind of, I, I used that as a challenge back then when I was weird and insecure. Um, but I recently um, reconnected with Jackie in San Francisco on a, a trip that I made up there. Sort of learned that she wasn't making the art that she should be making and was kind of in a down spot. So I uh, put a foot up her ass and told her to, to get busy and start making some work. So we talk about that um she is also a a fan of the wine so she which uh i don't drink very much but she brought a a bottle of wine up that we we made the the conscious decision to have the bottle start and be finished by the end of the podcast so we drink the bottle of wine gets a little silly towards the end i think some of my speech gets a little slurred but um I'm trying to uh, broaden my horizons and enjoy nature's fruits. Uh, we talk about a bunch of different stuff. Speaking of the wine, wine makes me interrupt her constantly. Um, I don't know, it just must be some effect of the grape. Uh, but we talk about uh, Tool and Tijuana, books, uh, UC Santa Barbara, biology, Lawrence Skype. We, we drop um, famous artist names of, of people that we worked for. Um, the id, the trick of photorealism, uh, what's going to happen to acrylic in 100 years, art walks. We talk about Gail. Shout out to Gail. Grandma's Samoans, and the Year Zero Project, Nine Inch Nails and shit. So sit back, enjoy, and um, make sure you do all the stuff that I always say at the beginning of the show that you're supposed to do. Go uh, like that fan page, Mother Effers. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Mike Maxwell Art. Check out the blog on WordPress. Just search Mike Maxwell Art or, or go to the Facebook and you get all those links. Um, or just go to my my uh, my website, MikeMaxwellArt.com, and obviously you can find everything from there as well. Um, if you have any questions, comments, hatreds, you can email me at info at MikeMaxwellArt.com. Let me know what you think. And without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Miss Jacqueline Thompson. There ain't no way. <laughs> there ain't no way I'm getting anywhere. Come on, Pete. Um, Get on. So I miss the Granite Hills get together. Um. Yeah. I. I too had some wine. Not that much, mm-hmm. but lots of good food and fell asleep on the couch at about ten thirty after a very busy day. Well, it happens. So, thank you for coming up and doing the show. My oh. dog is being crazy right now. It's okay. I've got dogs, and it's 
my 200 pound dog is nothing in comparison to your dog. <laughs> and then I, I, I got an angry that. little Pomeranian that is mean <laughs> in comparison to this dog. As he growls and, yeah. and throws his reindeer bone. It's oh, going yeah, to get taken. Um, can yeah, we okay. explain what we're what we're holding since the crowd can't see us? Okay, so we are drinking Saldo wine. But we're not drinking it yet. We haven't started. Oh, okay. Uh, Saldo wine. <laughs> the reindeer bone. <laughs> um, Orange Swift Vineyards. And uh, it's my favorite. And this in particular one is uh, um, really, a, it's a Zin, it's a Cab, and it's a Syrah. So it's, um, and it's a 15% percent alcohol, so you get pretty schnockered off of this one. Do you, uh, do you... <clears throat> The higher the alcohol content, I I tend to see that it's, uh, it's a better tasting one. Do you swirl it and, and yes. sniff it? yeah. Swirly, right, I'm, I'm trying and, to, I'm, and I brought the proper glasses too, Mike. Right. Uh, I brought Riedel's. We, uh, I, I did not own wine glasses, yes. so uh, Miss Jackie was kind enough to uh, to bring some with her along yes. with the wine. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to expand my horizons and mm -hmm. uh, partake in uh, nature's nature's fruit more often. So cheers, so, Mike. Cheers, indeed. Cheers, Mike. Thank you. Cheers. I didn't. I didn't. Happy holidays. Oh, here, let me sniff it. Over. Yeah, sniff it. It's pretty strong sniffing. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> Do you have a rating on this? Um, this one, I would say it's about a 92. It's a 92. I'm rating all of my marijuanas now. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, I'll I, have to show you my, my list. I would like to see the list. You know, my boyfriend, he smokes, and he's got his whole, his whole listing of, uh, of ratings. That's good. Yeah, he's got his jars. I have a... Um, I have a cheat sheet here of questions for you. Okay. Um, are we gonna drink this whole bottle of wine? Is that the That's, is that the plan? That is the plan. Do, we, so we should finish the bottle by the time the podcast is of over. Of course. Is, are we gonna get progressively? We're drunk? gonna get progressively <laughs> drunk. We're gonna get progressively um, giddy because I think uh, wine getting schnockered off of wine is a little bit. Uh, I think you get happier hmm. than any. Um, other I uh, I've. Uh, I drank a lot when I was younger, mm -hmm. um, like partied hard. Like I drank a lot of whiskey. Ooh, I drank. Whiskey. I was drinking forties in like eighth a grade. Forty. Right. So like I got a lot of like my like partying drinking done mm -hmm. at a at a very young age, mm -hmm. um, and then I sobered up at twenty one. No, no, no. Sober? I sobered up at eighteen to twenty one, wow. where I didn't drink at all. Uh huh. And then I turned twenty one and was like. Well, fuck that. I'm 21 now. I gotta go out and get busy. So I, then I had another little good run with alcohol, and then I uh, I totally slowed it all the way down to where like I go to a party and have one or two beers, and that's fine. I, I never really drink to get drunk, and I really I, I don't really remember the last time like I got drunk. Yeah, I could remember the last time I got drunk, which was a couple of nights ago. And it was off Speaking of, and we just got done with the holidays. I might have caught a little bit of a buzz on Christmas. Yeah. But, you know, but to be honest, much. though, to get really, really drunk off of hard alcohol, it's been a long time. Mm -hmm. it, it has been a long like time. Like party style? Yeah, like, party I'm, style. I'm getting fucked up. You know, oh, yeah, I'm getting <laughs> fucked up, man. I'm going to go get fucked up. You never said that? Yeah, actually, back in the days Come of on, college, we all had to have said that yeah, with the red cups, 
when I used to go run around with the red cups. I had a red college. cup in my hand not that long ago. I used to do that all the time. Yeah. UC Santa Barbara was known. I love Vista. Yeah. It was the red cup capital. You uh you don't partake in the the other Mother Nature's fruit. The, the I don't. Marijuana. No, I don't partake in the Mother Nature's fruit. I don't. I do partake <laughs> in the pharmaceuticals, herb. though. The pharmaceuticals mm. I do take part of. Did uh did you watch those documentaries that I sent to you? I did. I did. I did start to watch some of them. I didn't watch all of it. The tool one. Yeah. I'm I'm in love with Maynard. Yeah. Yeah, Maynard is gonna be. I my can't. T- I can't tell if I hate him or if I like him. I love I can't him. tell if I, if we're totally alike or we're totally he's, opposite. Okay, so he's he's become so shishi foo foo now. I, and you know the last time I saw Tool, okay, so I remember back in the day in in high school, I I snuck down. That was the one thing because I used to be so nerdy, and I think everybody remembered me probably as so being nerdy and like reserved that they wouldn't believe me if I if I even said this right now. But I snuck down to TJ, and I saw Tool. When I was probably what sixteen, seventeen, yeah, yeah, and I saw them at iguanas of all wow. places, and I saw Tool play Opiate, and it was the most fucking cool show ever. Yeah, I mean, it was so epic. I mean, that was when Tool was Tool. Let's preface this thing beforehand with like, because I'm sure people's okay. na- modern day perception of TJ is like that's even a oh, yeah. hundred and ten times crazier than it was back then. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But for us as teenagers, yeah. that was something that we actually could do. Like, I would skip school with a bunch of girls, it jump was. on the trolley, and go down to TJ. Yes. And I because I was that. with a group of girls, it was no problem. None yeah. of us had IDs. And we would go in the middle of the day. So mm-hmm. motherfuckers would be like, fuck yeah, come on in. Yeah. Come on in. Oh, we'll I'm take good. your money. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. we would just get wasted. Yeah. And then take the trolley back home. Leave at, like, lunchtime. Mm-hmm. And... If I knew that a, a 15 or 16 year old kid was doing that now, I'd be like, you dumbass. Exactly. Kid. Now TJ is no way. I wouldn't even, yeah. uh, no way. But it was still like Wild West when we were doing it. But there was, there, there seemed to be some more structure or something, no? There was. There was a structure. That it, it's almost like the, like in Vegas where they would hand out those flyers and like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the smack smack shh. Yeah, I never, I never really felt like, like I was in danger there. Yeah, it's like that kind of an order, you know, in Vegas, and they hand out that. But now it's like this total disorder and disarray where you're scared. I, I will not go down to Mexico at all. So you're talking about um, perception as being kind of nerdy, but I, uh, I was going to ask you what it was like. Like, I kind of think that your perception was like the art girl. Yeah. Like, you had, like, this, like, thing. I did. Like, like that you stood out for. Um, oh my god, that's unique. Uh, what, how, well, <laughs> you know, at, at a young age, what 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 was that like? Did you have that? Did you have that? Like, were you like conscious of that? I was, I was conscious of it, and I had a lot of pressure about yeah. it, even from my parents. I worked for Disney for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, and I. Had, I was kind of jealous of you, to be honest. I like. I, I, I felt like a challenge. Like I, I felt like I wanted to try to challenge you. You were always way more talented. Than I was. No, I don't know. You I don't were, think so. No, you you were way more talented. Like if I could just sit here and no, doodle. You were, you if were we did a doodle much off, further advanced. If we did a doodle off. You, you would beat my ass any day. I don't know about all that. Yeah, you would. But no, I had a lot of pressure, and um, 
yeah, that, there's some tough times where I had to, um, you know, pay for some bills with some family and, you know, like yeah. I, I had to support and, and, um, yeah. To me, so there was a lot of pressure with to that. To me, for, for my perception, it seemed like you kind of had like an advanced maturity based on, based solely on the work that you did. I, I mean. did a lot of reading back then. Yeah. I was always in books. Yeah. I was reading a lot of Anne Rice books and now that I read them now. They were pretty fucked up books. Yeah. There's a whole lot of homoeroticism in it. Yeah. I mean, not that that's bad or anything, but now that I read it, I'm like, I wouldn't give my 15-year-old nephew this book. Right. Or my niece this book. That's strange, right? I know. That's like, I was was reading Naked Lunch and, you know, Hunter S. Thompson books. Mm Mm-hmm. At 16 and 17. Yeah. And Kerouac stuff. Oh, Kerouac. Oh, yes, definitely. So, uh, what happened when you left high school after being the art girl? Did you go to art school? Yes, I went to UC Santa Barbara, and I I actually got in for biology, of all things. I did not follow my art, did not follow my art love, and... Alright, let's back that up then. So, in high school, you said you're working for Disney uh-huh. in high school, right? Yeah. Like... Do you feel like you set this, like, you you caught this high standard Uh and, like, plateaued? Oh, it did plateau. And so that made it easy to go and do something else? It it did. Um, I lost my love for cartooning. Yeah. I lost my love for cartooning and the free drawing. That's a lot of success, you know, at that, in the idea of somebody who's making art at that young age, that somebody would be that, that interested in it. True, true, yeah, because I had somebody random send my work to Disney, and then they contacted me, which was pretty, yeah, that was pretty crazy. Yeah. So. But anyway, so you, you, you do biology. So I, mm-hmm. I assume if you, if you love art, you probably love other things too, not mm-hmm. just one thing. Yeah, and so biology I love, so that's... Did you think that that's how you were going to make money? Yeah. Where you can, it, was that, was that one of your... What, art or biology? Biology. Yeah, I was was thinking I was going to be some kind of a research artist or or a research um, scientist. Some love of genetics, Uh because I've always found genetics fascinating. Mendelian Uh genetics. Uh, A couple podcasts ago, artist Kelsey Brooks, he was um, was a scientist. Worked in some lab here in San Diego. And uh, gave it up to do art full-time. Really? Yeah. So maybe there's some connection to that. That science-art connection. Maybe. But I have this feeling that it's like it's a different type of, of art connection. Because you know how there's like a lot of artists who like always say that they're like bad at math. Like, are you good at I math? I love math. See, oh that's, my I think, god, calculus! You give me calculus, and I will some strange... prove it, and I will go to town on it. Have you ever noticed? It it feels like there's two sort of types of schools of artists like ones that are good at math mm-hmm. and ones that are good at like other like social skills type mm-hmm. of um like street smart kind mm-hmm. of as opposed to having Me, a good memory street smart negatory no <laughs> no <laughs> and then there's like a, a type that's that's that can excel in uh sort of academia and at the at the same time, still be creative, because mm-hmm. there's those academics who have 
no creative ability and no social ability mm-hmm. and are sort of in that gray area. Yeah. I wonder if there is, if, if creativity can, it's like that left brain, right brain. It is the thing. left brain, right brain. And I think some people it, it utilize a, one side or the other. It better. did a perfect match, you know, I, I, I started getting into some more of my art classes cause I was doing organic chemistry and I started all the, seeing all the structures and you would have to draw out all these structures during, you know, during your, uh, your exams. Yeah. And I started falling in love with it. I'm like, you know, I can use this in art. So then I started taking an art class and I started doing that in art and, and all of the art teachers actually really dug it. Yeah. So, nice. uh, happy little accidents. Right? Yeah. It was a happy accident. So, you know, one of my, uh, gallery settings that I did, I drew, all organic chemistry structures all over the wall and I scented nice. them with candy. Red. So now that was one of my favorites. I really excelled in art after that. And I um I actually got into the honors art program because it was pretty difficult to do and I could really I might have to have another glass of wine after We're this. Talking one. about that. Yeah. <laughs> no, but seriously, so so you get done with college and you start painting really, really well, right? Yeah, I become a underpainter for one of a very, very famous artist. I don't know if I could say his name on live, but on live. We're not live. I could beep it, but I'm probably not. I'm probably setting you up right now. Yeah, I'm I, gonna have you I say, won't even say his name. Why not? I worked for a very he, famous artist, too. I painted he, a very famous artist painting he, before. Uh, he, he's I painted did other stuff for, for, some, uh, for, <laughs> for presidents, uh, some the, So have I. Uh, who so else, have I. Who, who else owns it? It's okay. Stuff? Should I say mine? You, you could say yours. If I say mine, will you say yours? Yeah. All right. I worked for Shepard Ferry. Ooh, I did Lawrence Guide. You got to look at stuff up. It's I don't know who Lawrence Guide is. But I'm so, I'm so retarded. I only know yeah. my stupid little, like, 50 artists. I, I don't know. Yeah. He, his is very, like, manly phallus stuff and, like, man stuff. G Y P E? G I. G-I-P-E? And I did not a like lot Skype? Of, no, not like Skype. We were just talking about Skype. That's and uh, I did a lot of his underpaintings. And he, he had a dream team of uh, painters come in and do all of his paintings. And then he'd come in and just do, 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 you know, just a couple little things here and there. His little touch of light, almost like Thomas Kincaid. <laughs> uh, he just got uh, 10 days in jail, I think, for drunk driving. Who, Thomas Kincaid? Yeah. Yes! Yeah, he just Finally! Got that bastard! <laughs> but, I don't like the, him. The painter of light? Yes, the touch of light. The touch of light. Oh, come on. You know you want to own... I'm going to send All right, that so, to you. So let's talk, about, um, let's talk about high art and low art. High art we and low art. We wanted to have this conversation. Mm-hmm. And... We were talking, and, and this is sort of a perfect example how, like, I'm unfamiliar with with the reference that you make. And it's sort of because I run in this sort of, like, do-it-yourself, lowbrow, sort of, like, punk rock underbelly scene. Which is, it's totally coming out of that, and it's not that anymore. But I find your artwork, though, so much more intriguing than so much, like, we were talking But there... With that said, there is still like upper echelons of this perceived art world, right? right? Like there's certain gallery structures, like it could be like a pyramid, right? Right. Like you could look at the bottom structure as like uh, little cafes or something. Mm-hmm. And then like some of the smaller upstart galleries and then mm-hmm. some of the little nicer galleries. And then you get like that blue chip and white chip or whoever mm-hmm. fucking chip 
you get up to that top and there's like that Goshen at the very fucking peak or these fucking major uh, institutions, these major galleries, right? At the very top. Or major uh, uh, museums. Mm -hmm. And I definitely run around on that those bottom couple rungs, you know, which mm. is, which is fine for me. I'm sort of, I, you know, I dropped out of high school. I taught myself how to paint and, and did things my own way, which is not to say that that's any better than any other way, whichever path people decide to take, that's the choices that they make. Right. I think your way of artwork is self-taught and I think it's more fascinating than having a bunch of art critics sit around saying that you cannot paint how I did it. Yeah. But sometimes you need those assholes saying that just so other people hear it sometimes. It seems but then you lose then you that. lose the beauty of what you really wanna your id gets lost. Yeah. You know, the the super ego gets lost. It really does. I mean in a lot of ways it gets lost. I mean, we could get really existential at but uh but in all well, reality i mean by all means feel as i think as you, as you like. i think i lost a lot of that i mean i i was painting what i really felt what i really really loved mm-hmm. and then you know I, I painted uh photorealism i mean i would send spend hours and hours on photorealisms where it would look like you know, you're looking at a painting how do you do that photo- by the way how i how i did it yeah, how do you make photorealism? Photorealism? Well... What's it, the trick? Um, Tell me the trick. I know there's a trick that you just know. That everyone, it's like you just... Okay, you just hog, hair brushes, hog hair brushes. Hog hair brushes. Got to use hog hair brushes. Uh-huh. Filberts. Okay. I use my filbert hog hair brushes. And I've got my three... Um, my three layer uh, secret sauce. Which is... Um, English distilled turpentine. Um, linseed oil. And Mar Varnish. You That's, and uh, my friend Kevin Peterson, who also did the podcast, had a little oil discussion back yes, we and did. forth on my Facebook. And, yes, and he's he said that that was bad for your uh, for the brushes too, which you know I go through brushes like crazy. But that's how I do my photo. Look at my realism. babies up there. If I consider anything my babies, those are it's my brushes. Are, yeah, and my my inks. Yeah, my babies are my brushes. Yeah. When my paintings are done, I don't really care. Do you do you have any escotas? Uh, escota brushes? Uh, oh, maybe I should send you a nice escota brush. I would love that. Um, they're. I they're uh, very I was fun. I was in love with Black Dynasty, um, or Dynasty Black Gold brushes. Oh, they're nice. And they don't make them anymore. They don't. Uh-uh. Well, but I've been finding like packs. Are nice. I'm an acrylic painter, so I've been finding like the like four packs and stuff mm-hmm. that for a pretty good price mm-hmm. that I'll grab every now and then. Um, I really like using liner brushes are my shits, my favorite shits. Yeah. Um, and round brushes mostly. I you know I've never used a round brush except for the big Escoda, you know, like the big background ones, those yeah. huge ones, uh-huh. and you just go to town on yeah, in the yeah, back. Yeah, all puffy. Yeah, uh, I'll get I'll get some really good. Um, you know, that's how you get really good background for photorealism because mm-hmm. it's all about like really smearing it in and and getting the oil to work with yeah. your brush and then i mean it's a lot of work i mean yeah. it takes hours yeah. hours and you hours. know a lot of my process had had come from watching screen printers work and doing layers 
So for me, painting is about layer upon layer, mm. trying to make as smooth a gradient as possible, but I'm not smoothing all of those colors together to make a gradient. Mm -hmm. I have to mix it perfectly to make a smooth enough a smooth enough gradient to trick your eye. I've seen your gradients. I'd, I could see how, how your brushes work and see how your layers work. And, I, you know, I try to find the most... Because you use acrylic. Yeah. Try to find the most efficient way. Have you to used do it. acrylic? Um, the gel medium that dries slower that you can. Yeah. That yeah. mixes that you can that you could smooth it out. Yeah. Um, I've actually started using more gouache now. Gouache. With you. Gouache is good. Yeah, gouache is the shit. Gouache is. I like the. It's high, highly pigmented. That's what I. That's what I appreciate, and I, I like it to be opaque but, when I need it. But it's no oil paint. I understand that. I, I assume at some point I have to make that step, right? But then again, you know what? You you are an acrylic painter, and that's what has, that's what you've taught yourself to use. Yeah. And that is your you've honed that. So. Well, we had this. I think continue. We had this Los Ponchos discussion about how we don't know what's going to happen with acrylics. Exactly. In a hundred years, we don't know if the plastic is just going to crack apart and fall right off. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, panel. I've got some of my oil paintings that have got. Under washes of acrylic, yeah, it's gonna happen. And even the the gessos are acrylic based too, so it's all plastic. Yeah. What if it just cracks apart and falls? What if that would really no, suck? What the fuck? This planet might not be here in a hundred years. You know? Yeah, I know. Or at least well, all our. At least somebody's invested in my art enough that. <laughs> Put that shit in a safe. <laughs> so you start painting. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna grab some wine, and you can okay. hear my heels tap. No, we could do a little timeout. Hold on, I better finish mine. I gotta keep up. <laughs> Which, by the way, Jackie's wearing a nice pair of heels today. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, you wanted to put those things on camera. <laughs> yeah, of course we, we're gonna Ustream the podcast, but um, the internet is being an asshole. Or Ustream is being a dick. And the video isn't working. I already had a couple words there that I was having a hard time spitting out. With this one? But I had some bongs before you showed up, um, too. Some well, heavy duty. I had some, some 92 rating bong loads. 92 rating. Yeah. Well, this is a 92 rating wine. See so. what I'm saying? So it's a, it's a good equivalent. Yeah. Um, so you start painting professionally, right? That's, that's your, your main focus. Right. Out of Santa Barbara. Are you living in Santa Barbara still? No, I live in San Francisco. No, you live in San Francisco now, but I, when you start painting. Right. Well, I was actually painting while I was up there. I, When I was going to school, I was in the honors art program, and I had my awesome little art studio right near the ocean. Because the honors art program, like you, there's only five people in it, and you get, like, total perks. I mean... You get your own studio, you get full-on, one-on-one with all of these art fanatics, yeah. you know, all of the um, Good upper echelon people, yeah. anybody you want to talk to, they're there, right there. You call them, and they come down. And with that with that point, um, that's, a, that's a big thing with, like, a lot of... Um, uh, like motivational speaker types mm -hmm. when when you go to these types of seminars where they're like how do you improve your craft or do those things they it's always bad. say go talk to people who are doing mm -hmm. what you want to do and get their insight because they're going to give you the truth and it was so hard talking to them though because they're they are they're on a different level they're on a different wavelength because when you talk to them they're on a different 
they're they're when they speak to you, it's like what I asked you a question and you just totally gave me a question, you know? Uh, you went around in a circle I don't don't understand it I mean come on I just asked you a question and then you know (laughs) but that's to make you work for it exactly no it it did make me work really hard but then you know so I started painting and I started painting heavily and I had a lot of artwork and I started showing at um in the galleries up there in uh in Santa Barbara, and also at the local uh, gallery there in UC Santa Barbara. And what's it like there? Because I know my my grandfather did a lot of, like, landscape painting up around that area. Oh, it's gorgeous. Um, you know, like, back in the, the 60s or 70s or mm-hmm. something. And uh, is there, like, a, a, a strong art community? There is. There is, definitely. Community. And is it is it a, a strong art community in the sense that people are supportive of the arts financially and there are like culturally, and then you've got your uh, of course your art walks kind of like down here. Yeah, <laughs> you have those. And, and then, what what do you think about that sort of stuff? I actually showed in the art walk. I have to admit that I did do that. I know. I think there. I found your stuff on there when I was googling you. <laughs> Yeah, I, I did do that. Um, my few pieces that were there, but we'll get to that. Um, so uh, I've generally been pretty adamantly opposed to those things, and maybe it's maybe it's be, maybe I'm being too negative, right? Maybe maybe I should give them a chance, but no, I really have never. There is there. It's uh, I go though. Like five percent gives. Gives me that like art thrill, and the other hundred and five percent makes yeah. me want to throw up. Exactly, it's kind of like the touch of light. A, yeah, I thought that was a San Diego problem or a, a Wyland thing. Uh huh. A coastal problem. Yeah. Terrible. Andrew and I had a really interesting discussion about how um, weather changes people's philosophical thought processes. Like, people in certain types of weather have more time to think a certain way. And people who are in in perfect climates are more often, like, outside and, and doing, like, outside activities and not really thinking about reading and, yes. and, and processing things in the mind, but more mm-hmm. like a body thing, like, more interested in, uh, in improving, like, body as opposed to mind. I agree with that. Where, like, maybe in, like, New York or San Francisco or Seattle, people have time inside time where in it's, their, like... They've got a lot of time in their heads. Yeah. they got a lot of time indoors. And I was relating it to, you know, as artists, we have a lot of time in our heads anyway because we have a lot of time to sit down and work and do our creative process. Right. I have I have plenty of time in my head. It's a perfect <laughs> amount. Well, I'll be perfectly honest. I've got way too much time in my head. <laughs> <laughs> so... So you start showing in some sort of highbrow galleries, yes, right? Yes, I did. And you start getting some some good support from mm-hmm. some influential people. Is Very that right? Influential people were supporting my artwork, buying my artwork, um, and then I ended up moving back down to San Diego once I graduated from Santa Barbara. Uh huh. And um, then I happened to move in boyfriend let me ask you this 
with hindsight being 2020, and before you get into your story, do you feel like before you left, did you feel like you were making a mistake leaving Santa Barbara and coming back yes. to San Diego? Yes. I think I should have kept moving In your heart north. beforehand? I think I should have kept moving north where I knew my best friend was there, Gail. Uh-huh. Gail Reedy, I'm giving her a shout out. Gail. Gail Reedy, I'll give Gail a shout out too. We uh we had yeah. a fun little rendezvous in, yeah. in San Francisco the last exactly. time I was there. Of course. I might try to fly out again. I might fly out again in September. Maybe mm-hmm. there's a good show coming up that I might try to get up for. Definitely. You two are a couple of firecrackers. Yeah, we're crazy. A couple of hoodlums. Yeah, we are. We're crazy girls. All right, so you come back to San Diego. Yeah. So hindsight, definitely would have moved back. We, I should have moved with Gail, which she should have tried to get me up there. Oh, uh-huh, let's blame it on her. Yeah. <laughs> no, she tried to get me up there anyways. Yeah. But, um, so I moved down here and uh, I tried to get back into some art scenes, you know, uh, and, and tried to work, but I started working for pharmaceutical reps, you know, as soon as I could. So I needed to make some money. I needed yeah. to make money for my shoes, baby. <laughs> which was, which was your... <laughs> Biology background. Mm-hmm. My biology background, and I recruited right. And out. do you is do you make good a, a good living doing that? Yes, I do. I make a good living doing that. A good living doing pharmaceutical rep. It's not. You it's feel not like... exactly what I want to do because I I want to be on more on the research side. Uh huh. But it was the fastest way I could get cash. Yeah. Isn't that a shame that we have to we have to do that? Because it seems like we should just focus our time on the things that we want. Yeah. You know? The things that we want to do. Like, I just want to sit around and read books. Wouldn't that be great? It would just be wonderful. I just want to sit around with all the room in my head and read my my old books. But then... But then we have to go if we're if we're going backwards and somebody has to print the books and somebody has to get up and go to work and yeah, exactly. and get paid to to run the printing press and somebody has to get up and yeah. typewriter and somebody's got to make typewriters somebody's got to print paper mm-hmm. make paper <laughs> it's yeah. all part of our system yeah we gotta support it so you stay in the art scene mm-hmm. you stay connected when what year is this that you come back to San Diego two thousand two two thousand two two thousand one was a fucked up year huh two thousand 2001 was actually a great year. Alright, 2002 then. We're fucking moving on. 2002 was a really fucked up year. Yeah, I had a bad 2001. Really? Yeah. What happened in 2001? Uh, it was just wild. My grandma died, mm-hmm. so there was a lot of like internal family stuff, which uh, which it, I, I, I can mention now since we're past Christmas and I did the thing. I, um, I got a whole box of um, little mini tapes of my grandma being interviewed for a book that a woman was going to write. And my mom and my aunt were listening to it on a little, like, like this little type of handheld tape player. Uh-huh. And they're, they're like the um, answering machine tapes or like old school, like college when you had to record your Isn't thing. Isn't that interesting though? That kind of a recording to hear your grandma in that it, way? There is uh six or seven plus hours of her talking about her entire life wow so for for christmas i took i figured out that i could run the program because i've been doing this podcast for a couple months i'm really familiar with the editing program you should totally run that i i recorded them all on to garage band 
and edited them because a lot of the sound was really bad and the woman who interviewed her was kind of uh like told her story along the way because that's how they were interacting right. you know yeah, just like me and you are yeah right so they're mm-hmm. having the same type of conversation we are um so and a lot of times she was sitting too far from the mic and obviously it's not the best of technology at the recordings mm-hmm. so my aunt and my mom were trying to listen to it on their their little recorder putting it up to their ear and I was like, hey, I think I could make those all digital for everybody. Mm-hmm. So I took and recorded all of them, uh, made it all digital and made CDs with um, like six hours of sort of the raw cut footage or like audio of her mm-hmm. talking, which was super rad. And like for me, I didn't that get to I didn't get awesome. to know her that much as an adult because she, she died in 2001 and uh, like the I think in June of 2001, if I'm correct. Uh, and so I only knew her as a, as a child, and she was from back east. Mm-hmm. So now I'm getting this, like, new connection with her, right? That I get to hear Who all of her. Interesting. And get a load of this. I, I was talking to my sister about this over, over mm-hmm. Christmas. Um, my sister's super smart and has been a, a bookworm her, her whole life, right? And... I either she's on one of the recordings because all my aunts and um, or my my aunts get interviewed and my sister is there with my mom while they're being interviewed and I hear my sister basically giving me this like mythology lesson Mm -hmm. that I've kind of been espousing to people over the last year like these these ideas about religion that my 15 year old sister is giving me in like 1998 I think it was so strange to get this like it was, it was like a fucking time machine it's like I'm jumping back machine. to 98 into a room where I wasn't there because I didn't go back east very often oh that's where she was yeah oh. she, they were back east because my grandma had had a lung transplant and the oh, woman was strange. doing a book about what what it was like to go through those processes oh wow but now, but there's a whole bunch of other, like, her entire life story, uh-huh. like, what her family was like, what it was like growing up, and all these, like, thoughts and ideas that she had. And, like, I'm hearing my, my grandma give me this, like, the her thoughts on religion that are so, like, similar and, like, along the same paths as my own, that it was just like, oh my god, that's so crazy, hearing my grandma talk about, sort of, uh, uh, like metaphysics and shit like that, right? Like it, it was very strange. So I made the I made these tapes for for all my aunts and uncles and my cousins and That's stuff awesome. too. Yeah, and the goal is I want to go through because it's kind of choppy mm-hmm. and all over the place because it was Pick like for Garage Band. Like we did, yeah, we did an interview one day, then I came back another, or she came back another day and did another interview. So I want to try to cut it up. After I've already done like the raw edits. Like, to make it somewhat clean, because the audio is not great. I want to go back through and make it a linear story so that it uh, it all makes sense as, like, one, like, a, like an hour and a half mm-hmm. story or something. Yeah. So, because the woman never wrote the book. So, my goal is to, but, like, almost make an audio book, uh, eventually. I think you should. Yeah. I the, think that's, ne- I, that's why it was pathway. given to you. That's fucking... That's a treasure given it, to you. It's, like, 50 hours of recording. It's insane. That's and a I treasure got, given to you, though, Mike. Oh, yeah. I, that's why I, I... That's all I've been working on for the last month. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. I gotta put, I gotta put to it go online, to too. To do that too. 
Well, I've already... Uh, you started a painting? It, it's good. I, I did a, a portrait of both my grandma and my grandfather, oh. who are both on the tape. My grandfather Oh, is that that one there. that you... That uh-huh. one, oh, I love and that. It's at oh my, my aunt and uncle's house God, right now. So all that. the family were over there this Christmas and all got a chance to see it. My uncle saw it for the first time in person. I absolutely love that. And it's so different in, in person than it is on the I internet. like the gallery setting, how you did the silhouettes behind it. Uh-huh. That was up in Portland. That was, that's, you know what I like? How you do that. I know we're diverting from our conference. We should talk about you more than me. No, no, no. This is about you. No, no, no. I really like that, though, how you do in your gallery settings because, you know, a lot of people don't utilize that gallery space as much, and I really like that, how you utilize the gallery space and you put those silhouettes behind Mm -hmm. your paintings. I dig that. I think that's very smart. Thanks. I, um, I've done it a lot, and a couple times I've, I've had the concern that the silhouettes sometimes take away from the pieces? I don't think so at all. I think it adds. I think it... I don't either. But I think it brings it to life. I think it gives it a whole new... I think it gives it a soul. But I'll tell you what. That that show that you're talking about, I think, was my best installation. Like, my most it definitely is. There, show. There you go. It's a, it's a installation more of a... But you know a, what? That show was not perceived that well at all. Really? It did not sell well at all. And... and ha- Although where, I, where I had it? some, it was in Portland. Oh, it was in Portland. And I found, I don't want to dog on Portland just Portland, because I didn't no, have that, I was just that great say, thing. Here, Portland. let me give you my perception first and then we'll see if it coincides with yours. Yeah, I've got my own. I felt like they, the, the people there were, were more concerned with being more supportive of their local artist, which I totally respect. Blown glass. I have plenty, I, yeah. I, I have plenty of respect for that, you know? And, uh, it seemed as though they weren't so impressed that a Southern California artist was up doing the show. I agree. Now, what you know, that might I just might be making excuses. It might it's no. probably my fault. You, it's, I wouldn't blame yourself. No. I would. No, um, because no. Because at the time there was a show Oregonians across the street. Let me tell you this: there was a, a show across the street that had a bunch of um, local artists that did really well. So that's where the the perception came from. It's not just kind of right. my own insecurities or whatever. Right. But I felt like that show cohesively was one of my best, well put together. I spent a good section of my time on it, and it all it all made sense together. That I have these new works and these older works that that show my clear transition. However, though, like it's you though. Like yeah. you just keep saying cohesively. That's what I have that to. Is you. That's what keeps me going. Is that is, is telling though. myself that okay, I'm gonna be honest with myself, and I'm not gonna let other people's outside perceptions dictate exactly. what it is. Don't that let I make. other outside people dictate. Yeah. What's but as there? a show artist, that fucking runs through my head, right? Because I well, here you go. I don't, High I don't... brow and low brow art. Yeah. Okay. This is what people say. Okay? I still gotta get paid, right? Oh, I know that. You know what I mean? However, yeah. you're not going to do a little scribble on a on a big piece of canvas and say, "This is wonderful work," and I'm a I Southern mean, California. If it works. <laughs> Painter of light. <laughs> you know. I'm a wonderful artist from Southern California, and I just do the scribble of art, and then you've got this hundred page dissertation about it. I mean, come on, no, you have heart and soul to your paintings. So as long as you got heart and soul to your paintings and a cohesiveness to it and it's a roundabout and your eye follows around the gallery mm-hmm. you you shouldn't have a problem i got a show coming up 
I got a show at Distinction Gallery in Escondido coming up next month. And then I got a show at the Subtext Gallery in Little Italy that mm-hmm. I plan on having like a really cohesive fucking like dynamite explosion type of show. Nice. I think. That's the goal. See, I, I got low with my voice there and I had to pop it up. <laughs> I start learning how good the podcast is by the rhythm of the uh, the sound waves. So, is one mine? Is one yours? Or is it both together? No, it's the same. Uh, I'm not quite that equipped to have the uh, <laughs> mic action. I'd like to be. That just costs money that I don't have. Um. So. But this is pretty cool, though, that you do do this. I mean, it's, this is amazing. Yeah, it's nice. It um it it has a very specific set of rewards for it has me rewards and for hopefully everybody. for other people too. It has rewards for everybody. Anybody that listens to it, I hope you like me. Yes, they probably will, because <laughs> I'll I'll edit it to sound super awesome. <laughs> oh, you don't have to edit. I mean, but uh, I do paint full time, and then I'm also doing pharmaceutical sales at the same time i'm trying i was in deal with lemon sky and bergamo station are you familiar with those up uh-huh. in la yeah yeah i had deals i with pronounced those. that differently though but thank you Ber- yeah bergamo station i think i was like bergamont no it's bergamo like oh, the, there you like, go you, you gotta know, get all french say your name in french please jacqueline thompson jacqueline i want i'd I like it to be jacques yeah, no, it's Jacqueline. My mom always pronounces it Jacqueline Thompson. Whenever I yeah, whenever you're in trouble, she rides me like <laughs> Sea Biscuit, man. Today she was riding me like Sea Biscuit. My God, and I was like, "Geez, mom, let me just let me just get out of the house, please," because I don't have my car down here. I'm, I travel down here via airplane, so I have to uh, use her car. Did you take Virgin? No, I didn't take Virgin. Oh, I, so I nice. took good old Southwest, and oh my god, Virgin's only like forty nine bucks. You know what? I'm right? taking Virgin. I'm so taking nice. Virgin. You could listen to all the music you want. You could no, watch I a little listen movie. To my own music, anyways, on my iPod. So, but you got a little screen you could touch. There's like purple lighting. I know. It's I know. A whole it's so, yeah. I was just gonna say it's ambiance and swanky. Everyone in there is British for some reason. <laughs> for some reason, just because. Besides it's it being British. a British company. <laughs> For but even the reason. U.S. the U.S. Virgin, they're all they're all British anyway. Uh-huh. Or like Indian or something. I'll have to check that out. I'll I'll take a ride on Virgin. I did take Virgin Atlantic though. Overseas. Um, yeah. Yeah, I did that now too. Now that is awesome. My you first ride the... sucked ass. My ride to London sucked. The ride back really? was awesome. You get your little furry sleeve. You get a whole little bag full of goodies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It was not because of the airport. It wasn't because room, of the airline. You get, I, oh, um, my God, it's just luxurious. I was in the middle row of a, of one of those big fuckers. And get this. I, the, no no offense know. to Samoans. No offense to Samoans, but is it like a big dude? Like No, no, no. I was on one of those dude? big fucker airplanes that oh. it's the... The two rows. One time I got stuck in between two big Samoan ladies, and it was like, "Hey, man, it's cool," but they were way down, man. They were like, "You know what? Hey, you know what? Let's send our love out to the Samoans of the world." You know what? Actually, it's okay because I got some Samoan love in my family too. Well, I hadn't been on a plane uh, since I had turned of legal age to drink. 
mm-hmm. by the, when I got on the plane to go to London. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to celebrate on the plane, you know, right when we take off and started just doing shots with my buddy, not quite realizing the extent of uh, altitude and alcohol oh, yes. exposure. Uh huh. Very, I had no idea. On a 12-hour flight, I was like, well, maybe I'll get drunk and go to sleep. <laughs> well, I was in that middle row mm-hmm. on a plane that has, like, window row, middle row, other yes. window row. Mm-hmm. And I was in between Crystal and a friend of mine. I was in the middle of the middle row. So mm-hmm. I wasn't going anywhere. I wasn't really stretching out. I wasn't being comfortable. So I got shithouse hammered mm-hmm. and ended up in a 12-hour flight. Being shithouse hammered, sobering up, and turning into a hangover. Yes. So by the time altitude sickness. Oh my lord! I had no yes. idea. I didn't know because I hadn't been on a plane since mm-hmm. legal age. Mm-hmm. And I did like four whiskey shots and had like a beer. Oh lord! And just wrecked me. Just put the hurt on me. I had no idea. And it's almost like the bends. <laughs> we get it. Yeah, we get into. Into Heathrow, and I am just in bad shape. I don't sleep on the plane at all. Everybody else on the plane slept. I just stayed awake watching movies, spinning, and feeling like shit. We get to the to customs, and I fall asleep. I, I lay down on the floor and just curl up in the fetal position and just lay there. Mm-hmm. Because one of our co-passengers that was with us, the guy who was sitting on my left, didn't have the right passport information and ended up having to get back on a plane and flying home unfortunately for him uh which turned out to be really detrimental for him yeah i I feel so awful that he didn't get to participate in the in the project that we were going over there to to work on um which was a thing with nine inch nails what yeah did i never told you about that what are you nine inch nails i'm a nine inch nails yeah, we flew. See, this is why I'm saying you're a way better artist than I am. We flew to London to do a mural that coincided with the um, sort of internet game that was happening. With yeah, that. this whole internet little. Yeah, I'll show you my. I have a little weapon box. Thing. So, oh my. We did this oh, mural there stupid. that was um, ten foot tall by like tw- like thirty foot wide. Uh, that had all these clues to this game that people who were following the project right. were were involved in. And so <clears throat> we put this mural up in, uh, we, we had a studio in, in Shoreditch and did this project, painted this thing, and went out and put it in a, a, a street side billboard uh, like frame, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And in within a week, it got stolen. So this is like in a major metropolitan area. These are in in London for some reason. The sheets of plywood are ten foot tall, so they're they're two foot taller than the ones that we're used to using here for some reason. And it would have taken like a crew of people to unscrew it from this frame, take it down, and load it in a truck and drive it away. Right. So somebody fucking stole it. And there's act there's a picture of Trent Reznor walking in front of it. And so we put all these clues to the game involved in the in the thing. <laughs> I don't I don't know who stole it. I have a feeling somebody knows who stole it, but that that's a future podcast that I'm working on. Yeah, I would um, do a, a podcast. No, I, that's not true. I I was I want to interview somebody who actually was responsible for setting up that project, um, who's an amazing artist I, who I actually have one of his pieces over here. Um, 
so we flew out to do that show. We got to go see uh, Nine Inch Nails in Brixton. Got backstage passes to like the little like VIP area. Fucking amazing. OMG. And then we went to LA. We came back. We were supposed to go to Japan too, but the budget ran out. Uh-huh. We went to LA and on Melrose, right across from the high school there, um, we did a big mural on what's now um, Barracudas, uh, where a bunch of murals are done now. But at the time, it was being used for like, uh, like, uh, like advertising space and shit. Um, so we did a big piece right there, and what they ended up doing was, uh, we put all these clues in there, and people who had been playing the game were all involved via email and shit, right? So everyone got a, a an email to meet at this mural at a particular time and a particular date, and what happened was a van pulls up and starts unloading these. Um, military bullet uh casing you know those like old military uh bullet holder yeah type of things that you can get from like the military stores that the bullets sit in right and in them were in inside each one was like a stencil um a marker uh a patch that had the um resistance logo you know because that was the whole thing that was the the whole thing about that yeah and Inside of a few of them was a cell phone. So the people that got the cell phone got a phone call that night and were told to meet at another particular place at a specific time and a specific date and to bring somebody. So what they did was had all these kids meet up, load them into a bus, and take them to uh, this warehouse. And this vi- there's footage of this online if you look for it. Yeah. I'll try to find it and I'll put it on the blog. Um, and what they did, they load them all in this room and this, uh, my buddies who we all did these murals together, they did this painting that's the background for this like stage set and this, uh, like Samuel Jackson type character walks out with like a military vest on, like, (laughs) like camouflage thing and starts berating all of the people because when they got on the bus, they had to give up their cell phones. They had to give up their IDs and sign a waiver and should give up all their rights. Right. So he was like, you dumb fucking retards come in here and give up all your rights, sign your waivers away. If this was Nazi Germany, we would have turned the gas on and killed all you stupid Oh my God. Like just berates them. Right. And it's pretending as though it's in this futuristic right, world right, right. that Trent Reznor has sort of fabricated. Mm-hmm. And he's like, all right, enough of this shit. And like, he's like, all right, everybody go load into the elevator and go upstairs. And so everybody piles into these uh, like freight elevators and get taken upstairs and walked into this room. Elevators. And there's like a big open space and a little tiny stage. And Nine Inch Nails comes out and starts rocking and plays a show. Just like like they're in the middle of a show, just like all of a sudden the lights turn on and they just I would like, have had to change my underwear a... <laughs> right there. In the middle excuse of excuse me, I gotta go change my underwear. So they get through like three songs and all of a sudden you hear police sirens and fucking riot cops come running in, shuffle everybody outside, like riot them the fuck out, attack the band. No way, like, is this for real? Well, it's all set up. It's all set it's up. All set okay, up okay. By this, by this group of people who've done this sort of thing for promotional. Okay. And throw all the kids back on the bus. These and poor take them kids back to are like. <laughs> but dude, imagine that because these, these people who are cool following it, it are like yeah. the top fans, like top Nine Inch Nails yeah. fans, 
And to be able to be, like, in a room, like, the size of this tiny little 500-square-foot house, you know? <laughs> That'd be so fucking cool. And then have the riot cops fucking, after being berated and yeah, just your senses just being, like, destroyed. Signing away your life. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty intense. Like, I was, I was really lucky to, to be able to be a part D- of that Did project. you get to go to it? I didn't go to that show particularly, but it was because I had a show in San Francisco. Oh, uh, okay. I could have. I had the opportunity, but I had to, I had to be in my sister city. Your sister city. So okay, we oh, still yeah, haven't. Okay, the, now that I, I gave the nine inch nails rant. My okay. connection. What happened to all your paintings? Paintings. Okay. Your painting. All of my paintings. Well, let's see. I was with a psycho master. We won't name names because I don't want anybody going after him because. He's already been taken care of uh, by many Should we people. beep all this? Are we getting gangster? No, 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 <laughs> no. We, is this past uh, the statute of limitation? Are we, no, are we past 10 years or something? Actually, close to. Oh, okay, we're cool. We're cool. <laughs> we're cool about this one. I don't want to be all mafia and get you. I don't want to rat you out. You know what I'm saying? Oh, no, no, no. No, I'm just I don't care because <laughs> I got protection on my own side. You know, I, I'm gangster. <laughs> no, really. Um, but this guy really does deserve whatever he got. Uh-huh. Um, I so I was ready for uh, Lemon Sky and Bergamo Station, and I had over a hundred and ten, hundred and twenty pieces. Come home one day, and I was in an abusive relationship. So ladies wear purple. I don't like to talk about that too much, but I will on this podcast because I do talk. <laughs> well, maybe you know, maybe that's good. Maybe it's good for other people who it is. who could have been going through the the same experience. It is, and it actually is a cathartic moment actually to talk about it because yeah. it it's gotten my shit out, and actually Mike has gotten me through a lot of shit right now. When he came up to see me in San Francisco, he's really kicked my ass. <laughs> he oh, an ass kicker. He he kicked my ass. But in a positive way, right? But in a very, very positive like way. Like a swift to, boot to the ass. A swift boot to the ass and like, you better start painting and you better start painting now. But anyway, so I had all of these wonderful photorealism paintings, all of my Coco plush paintings, which I have a couple of them left that my brother has. And there are these beautiful chocolate paintings. So um, one day I come home and just because this guy thinks I'm cheating on him or talking to some guy i don't know some random tweak in the head he decides to have a bonfire in the backyard burns all of my paintings every single slashes them one slashes them that's uh how and not even not even burn them so i could go salvage them and maybe somehow maybe like make something creative out of it but no, slashes all my canvases and then burns them. Can to you a crisp. can you estimate the amount of work that, like in time wise, how much? Well, work time was wise, lost? I mean, one there was at least one hundred and twenty hours in one of my pieces, and this was a piece that was like my baby. It was, it was a Barbie piece that was. Is that what it takes to do photorealism? One hundred and twenty hours. Yeah. It See, does. I could do my paintings in about. Maybe I shouldn't say, it, but less than that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> See, lowbrow, highbrow. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, Kevin Peterson can attest he's doing some acrylic and, and ink paintings right now. And just because of that, just the drying time. Yeah. Just being able to well, be finished Well, see, that's what you thing. do, though. With, with photorealism, it's the drying time, too, because you do layers and layers of your washes. And that's what you do of your... Um, of your acrylic, not acrylic washes, but of your, um, of your, uh, oil layers. And that's what you keep doing. You do your oil washes. That's what I do. And it, it's amazing. And then at the very end, you just add your little bit of white and your little bit of, a little dark. It it's just, no different from what I do, to be honest. And it's to a little totally bling. It's the bling I, to it that, that just, it's just like, damn, that's cool at the end. I done. shared a studio with an oil painter. Uh, primarily, he does a lot smells. of different stuff. God, but, I love the smells of my yeah, oil paints. That I watched him work a lot, and I, I definitely was influenced and inspired to, to take some of the practices that I saw mm -hmm. him working on and, and put it into my work. And a lot of that show from Portland was uh, influenced by that time period. It wasn't that time period that I was working with the, the oil painter. And you could see some of that stuff show through. I gave up a lot of the uh, line work in that show that has the portraits of my grand grandfather and my grandmother. There's almost no black line work in that show. You know, in that painting that you gave my brother, that I bought my brother Bruce, uh -huh. there's, in the face, there's hardly any line black work. Yep. Which I find very fascinating. My brother just went apeshit. By the way, I bought a painting for my brother Bruce, who has everything in the world that you can imagine. He's a millionaire, and he's not that money means anything, but the guy's got everything, okay? So he's got everything. So what do I buy? I'm like, I'm down here, and I'm like, I'm going to buy a Mike Maxwell original because what other cool fucking thing can I buy? Is right, Mike and Maxwell everybody else thing? should do that, right? I'm like... <laughs> I like that is the coolest thing, you know, that I could do. So I come over here and I pick up this cool painting. Of course, I have first dibs on his Dickens painting, so nobody think about buying that painting because that is mine. So <laughs> we're waiting on uh, Jeff for that one. We're gonna we're gonna talk some uh, talk about that one after this <laughs> podcast. Maybe I'll trade my five hundred dollars shoes for that. <laughs> Maybe Crystal might like them. <laughs> yeah, right. What size? Let's uh, work it out. I'm eight and a half. <laughs> uh, so what happened? To, what happened with your relationship? Um, uh, that night, I called the police, and I had him arrested, and uh, I put a restraining order on him. I left him that night. Let me let me ask you real and quick. And it was all up in flames. I couldn't even get them. I couldn't do anything. I I salvaged one painting that has a slash in it, and it's my one last painting, and it's in my garage. Does an it's act painful. like that from a legal standpoint? Just real quick, we just had a lawyer on the show earlier today. Mm -hmm. um, oh yeah, I should have asked him something is, about is that. Is that an act of like uh, you know property vandalism? Yes. So if. I could have gotten him for something. Second. I could have got him for something like that. I really could have. Because there's a, there's an inherent uh, an inherent value to the work. There that is you because made. I was going to show at a huge two huge galleries. So you'd think it'd be no different than destruction piece, of property. Each piece like, I was selling for like four thousand dollars. And at that point, that with that with those type of numbers, you would think that, that was like oh, maybe a felony. Yeah, just grand the act of doing that felony. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about what happens after that real quick. I'm just going to put a pause so I can take this dog out. I actually, can I have... All right, back from the smoke break.
Um, so, multiple hundreds of hours of work is lost in an instant. Lost. And and what what kind of repercussions come from that? I wear black. I've worn black from that day on, and I don't wear any other color other than I'm black. I'm sorry. Hold on one second. Pete is. This is Pete Rowdy Outer. Okay. Rowdy Outer. Rowdy Outer. Rowdy Outer. <laughs> the wine's getting to you. I, the first glass made my tongue expand. Hey. It's a good wine. Do you want some wine, Pete? Will that make the situation better? You know, my mom gave a Xanax to my dog. That was not cool. That might not be. That might be animal abuse. That know. was really not cool. Uh, I but, was actually pretty upset at my mom. But let me. Let me. Maybe um, it's not that different than uh, but the they sedatives do. that we give. They actually give sedatives to dogs. They give dogs <coughs> Xanax anyways. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if it's Xanax, but we do definitely give them sedatives. Yeah. Whether that's, that's when, the when they travel. When I travel with yeah. my dog, she has doggy sedatives, and Mama pops her sedatives when we travel for the so. So. Pete, you make some really high pops on the podcast. It doesn't help the situation. It's okay. He wants his voice. So yeah, so I've been wearing black ever since. I don't wear any other color except for my shoes. Your shoes are tan. Can we tan? Is is tan? Uh... Yeah, they're they're nice tan. They're nice, shiny tan though. Very nice high heels. Mm. Santa brought them to me. Unbleached titanium. Yeah, there you How go. About that? They are unbleached titanium. There's they an artist that. There you go. That is an artist <laughs> reference. Pete, I, I would, I would prefer you to shut up, please. Be quiet. Hold up. We were just outside. What else do you want? Pete's head is about to twist off his neck. <laughs> He's a little old man in those little eyes. Look at them. Little old guy. Little old guy. Look go at find him. your ra- your reindeer antler. Go find the reindeer antler. So what happens? You don't have all that work now. I don't have What's all that artwork step? now, but I have been um, slowly working, and I have my own studio in in my garage, and I have been working hourless and since Mike came up, and he really uh, between I think your him, phone is going off. I'm sorry to interrupt. I know you. it's okay. okay. It's fine if it rings. It's about five o'clock. Hey, five o'clock alarm. Yeah, so getting off of work. Yeah. <laughs> Crystal's on her way home now. Yeah, um, but you know what? Um, I've been, I've been trying to come back from the dead, and I think it's about time for me to come back from my dormant state and really expand where I was because I was really, really not into painting anymore because it really hurt my soul. And so it was it was the loss of all that work yeah, really put a I, damper on, on Well, being... I had a whole I had a whole frontier ahead of me. Yeah. I had I had huge galleries after me. I had I had a lot of people after me wanting my art. Yeah. People were commissioning me. They wanted my artwork. And what do you do? Uh it got slashed and burned. I'm sorry. I don't have it anymore. Bad. And then, you know, you don't want to paint anymore. What do you do? You know? So that, that automatic, 
What, what and was even the my sketchbooks, even my lovely sketchbooks, sketchbooks that from my high school years were all burned. Again, I'm sorry about my dog making it's strange okay. uh, gremlin noises behind me. It's okay. I've got a little Pomeranian that does the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> You're so weird and everybody's going to know it. <laughs> oh, dog. So, yeah. So, so what, what kind of processes do you go through to decide, all right, here I just made this huge body of work. Mm-hmm. Now I don't want to paint anymore. I I made that decision um right after the slash and burn. And I I uh, if anybody looks on my Facebook account, you don't see any of my artwork. Because I Was there I I'm I'm just who I am right now and you'll see my artwork slowly pop up again. You will. And you will see me come back. Okay, good. Because, I mean, eventually, you would have had to make new stuff eventually. Yeah, I'm what actually if... working on a Mike Maxwell uh, photorealism painting. Hey, hey. Because, I mean, let's say you did you you were able to do that show and you sold it out. You would have had to make all new paintings anyway. I would have. I would have. However, but uh, it's a totally different process of selling versus slash and burn and somebody destroying them does my dog making these sounds during this like sad it's almost like he's giving me the oh my goodness oh let me play the violin for you the little my mini violin <laughs> you know what i think he might be most concerned with is that we aren't just moving on huh we just gotta move on we gotta move on. I think we gotta move on from the subject because it's not good. So yeah, I've been painting, so you'll be seeing my artwork pop up, and yeah, this is this is how it is. Good. So so that's the future. You keep working. San Francisco is a beautiful place for me to be at. An amazing environment for for an artist who has had had issues with the creative process due to exactly unsightly circumstances. Exactly. And I've actually had another person kind of kick me in the ass, too. His name is Andy Vance. Oh, yeah? Yeah. He kind of he kind of gave, gave me... Gave you an ass whooping, too? And, well, he kind of gave me a little bit of a mean ass kicking. <laughs> He's Good. like, I don't even want to hear your little sob story. He's like, this is bullshit. He's like, you should just... You should just... What a waste of talent. But that's sort of that aggressive, like, just live in the now sort of But then again, he's a dude bra from, from, from Santee or Elk and But, I mean, that doesn't diminish your ability to, uh, but then to again, live in that Well, it doesn't mindset. diminish his, his thought process of, right? hey, you know what? This is my thought, and this is what you need to do. It Kay. might. We might be totally right. <laughs> <laughs> No offense out there. I'm East County, so I, yeah. I'm deep East County. Dude, I'm East County, too. I live down way on the sticks. I live further than you. I live way on... Yeah, you're out there, right? Apatool, yeah. Apatool, man. My Shit, parents yeah. still have 100 acres out there. Nice. Yeah, it's great inspiration out there. If you ever want some good inspiration, go out there. 
the room to grow some weed out there? Yeah. That's what I'd like to do. Yeah, actually, my I'm dad. I'm legal. I think my dad might be thinking about that. We could, we could work out, <laughs> work out a side project. I'm not that far. Just jokes, but... Dad. Look <laughs> <laughs> at that. We blew that one up. <laughs> All right. So, what does the future hold? What uh, what's what's the next steps? Do you have do you have plans? My plans are well. Right now, I'm working still for a farm ref, and I'm in my meantime. I'm... I am so dreadfully sorry. It's okay. He's just saying his word too. Look at that big old line there. Um, you know, the the future holds is that Gail Gail is my uh my my art my art um what do we call it? I'm blanking out. Life coach. She is. You're kind of, a motivational speaker. My motivational speaker, along with my like, uh, like PE coach who like really fucking puts it on you. Oh my god, is she? She gets me up like, and she's like, "We're going to the gym. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And nice. I'm going to sell your paintings." So yeah, she she definitely seems like a go getter. <laughs> Slightly. <Yeah. laughs> she's awesome though, and and her. she's going to be my. Uh, she's already scouted out so many galleries that have. Already looked at some stuff. So. There's there's so many places and, and so, so many, many opportunities people. for you. We go to a random bar and somebody knows her. I'm like, how do you know this person? This is yeah. San Francisco. <laughs> yep, it's it's crazy. That's what I love about that city. I go places and now just because I I go there a lot, I I see people on the street uh-huh. and, so, and like people that I know uh through the art world or mm-hmm. even via the internet and shit like all of a sudden oh hey there's that person yeah. that i know uh-huh. and it, it's just so it's so uh ancestral ancestral it, 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 it is ancestral. it's, it's kind of creepy that's yeah. kind of a creepy word Mike. how long how long have you been uh in san francisco um about five six months now and i'm loving it i love it where i live in particular is uh there's fog it's fog 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 i know that that awesome set of hills right yeah, there it's all fog and it's about 52 degrees on a warm day nice. perfect yeah i come down here and i'm sweating my balls off <laughs> <laughs> it's like jeez man and my mom's like put a coat on put a coat on it's freezing cold i'm like mother it is so hot Again, she rides nice. me like sea biscuit. And do you feel like it's it's um, been therapeutic for for your mind to be in a city like that? Like, yes, it is to to get over some of the like trials and tribulations of losing all that work. To get out of get, San get Diego, yes, disconnect from San Diego and get up there and just be me again. And I want to yeah. start being me again and just start making art for me again and not Which try to be, important. and not try to be the art snob like like what we had spoke about yeah the art girl the i don't want to be the art snob i want to make art for art's sake and like for me to like well friend you're you're super talented there there's it, really no reason why you shouldn't be uh kicking everybody's ass to be honest with you, you well i'm I mean? sending you a painting so we'll we'll post it up so thumbs up all right. Well, thank you very much for doing the show, friend. Did we finish that bottle? Is that we, bottle gone? We finished our bottle. It's Hold on. We we uh, we actually we still have these glasses oh, yeah. to work out. So we yeah. still have to talk about something else. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Oh, let's see here. Let's promote some of your stuff. Let's promote what you what you uh, 
Is there anything to promote? Let's see, promote. Um... Why don't we let's let's make a plan as a a, a future promotion. You should start a Flickr page. Okay. Do you have a Flickr page? You know, I'm just okay. So here we go. I just recently got my Facebook account, so I'm like, I was kind of in hiding for a long time, uh-huh. and so I just started now upstreaming my stuff. So I'm on Facebook now. You don't see my artwork there, but you will start seeing me there. Well, and let's let's make a pact right now. Okay. Okay. How about you make an effort to start to show some of this new stuff that you're working on? Maybe some progress shots? Okay. Maybe some little tiny details? Maybe okay. a thumbnail of, okay. of something? Sounds good. That, that Facebook land can go out there and find something? Yes, sounds good. Okay, I like that. So let's, let's, uh, let's promote that. Sounds good. <laughs> let's promote the future. Let's promote it, because I would really like everybody to see what I am working on, and... And not about the past, and it's all about the future. Yeah, it's totally. all about. Did you get that quote that I sent you? That yes, Buddha quote. I love that. Do you Buddha think you quote. can recite it? I can't recite it right now. I don't now. think I can either. No. But it's good. I'll put but, that in the blog. But all about my books, though. Oh, really quick, though. My books. We were going to talk about books, and I love my books. My guardian uh-huh. of my books. Okay, we could talk about books for the last. And I've actually I brought up your our conversation. We had a conversation about about giving away books and holding books as a, a cherished item. They're a cherished um, item. There. I've had this conversation with uh-huh. with uh, a couple other people since we uh-huh. had our conversation. So, so go ahead. So I've got so many uh, uh, old Dickens. Uh, that that's my that's my favorite uh, collection. Or my Dickens. I've got. Geez, I, I can't even name the um the the years right now, but they are so old and rickety. But um, I might send you one of my old ones. Yeah, just so you well, can read. You know what? You need to read. You need to read a tale of two cities. Well, listen to this. Um, my sister just got a gift for Christmas from her mother-in-law. Uh, this old leather-bound case of all the classics. Like uh, a tale of two cities, uh, Moby Dick. Uh, See, Moby Dick's one of my favorites. I love. Have you know only ten copies sold while he was alive? Yeah, he ten he really copies. He was not a, a popular uh, author when he was alive at all. Uh, Moby Dick didn't become famous until sort of. I mean, it was not. What a shame, right? I know. I think in this modern day and now, age. And, and it's just, it's amazing. You read yeah. it, and there's so much to that book. There, there's so much meat and bones to it. it, yeah. it you could chew on it for hours. This, uh, this set of books that she got, there must have been 12 books to the set mm-hmm. in this, like, large uh, leather-bound casing thing. I love leather-bound. They must, they must be, I would say at least 50 years old. At least, oh, nice. which I mean, in terms of books, really isn't that old, but like I've got a nineteen hundred for you. Oh, that's so nice. Nineteen hundred, uh, Great Expectations, and yeah. Tale of Two Cities. It's I love the old pages of I and they've got the, the old blank print, pages and they've got the print on it too. Nice. They've they've got old block printings on it of yeah. illustrations, which I think is just awesome. Yeah, see, I love all because we were talking about how. I had considered getting rid of my library of books. Right. Um, just giving them away. So 
with with the idea of a sort of minimalist i uh uh possession right keeping type of idea um and also sharing what i gained from these books with other people mm-hmm. you know and, and not that i could just share the information by now i can share the information and people can go get their own mm-hmm. books but you know i mostly have paperbacks and things that are worth like 10, 12 mm. bucks, or you know. Still, though, your that. eyes have looked upon them, and they are your. There's certain part of creases you. and things that are are about me. Right. But at the same time, did I, you dog ear them, and then you know, did yeah, you highlight oh, yeah, like them? So, See, that's part yeah, of you, yeah. and so they're part of. They're, you know what? I love. New. I I get books from the library that people who are probably um, eccentric go and like, uh, like underline and highlight and. Uh-huh. and, and <laughs> Do all sorts of wild shit uh-huh. into library books, but I my assumption is that maybe that they at one point they were their books and they mm-hmm. donated them. At least that's the hope that they didn't get a library book and mm-hmm. started underlining mm-hmm. all the um, right wing Christian philosophies. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not <all laughs> or whatever. That. It's it's just too crazy when you open up. It's like Jesus. I just got a Daniel Pinchback. I I hope that's how you pronounce his last mm-hmm. name. Uh, Pinchback book. That uh, is talking about all sorts of different psychedelics and things. And uh, somebody went through and underlined the shit out of it. And it's kind of nice. And there's a ton of little, what would you call it, rabbit ear? Dog ear. Dog ear. Uh-huh. The, the little fold of the yeah, corner. Yeah, you dog ear it. A ton of those throughout the whole thing. Yeah, you dog ear your book and then you know you're, you've are you been part of that book. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, I try to I try to go through the books and I... Oh. I try to find the books that are not as common as a diet coke, empty diet coke can. That's what I try <laughs> yeah, to find. Yeah, right. And there's something different to that, collecting something that has a historical value to it, yeah. as well as like some sort of past history. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's uh, let's chug this last bit, and then we'll call chug it a show. Chug a Chug a I think we got a minute. We got a minute and a half here. Oh, you're a champion. I'm a champ at this stuff. All right. Miss Jacqueline, thank you for doing the show. Well, thank you, Mike. All right. I am a mountain. I am a tall tree. Oh, I am a swift Sweeping the country I am a river Down in the valley Oh, I am a vision And I can see clearly If anybody asks you who I am Just stand up tall Look them in the face and say Thank you.